again to another brand new episode of T Watches a Scary Movie. I'm T, and of course, we're talking scary movies. But if you notice the titles, you'd notice that we're in another special edition of T and Friends Watch a Scary Movie. Yes, I recently did an episode with my good friend, Mr. Eric Brady, where we got done discussing all the fun thoughts about the new Scream, otherwise known as Scream 5. In that first episode, we were talking about some of the crazy rumors surrounding Scream 5 before its release, our current ranking of the series, and then a lot of thoughts about just some of the production notes surrounding the series and Scream 5 particularly in itself as well. And we got in starting to talk about the events of the movie. As we continue here in part two, you're going to hear more about me and Eric's thoughts about the early parts of the film. Uh, we do talk about the killers, talk about some of the events, Roger Jackson's work, the legacy characters, our new characters, all of that. So... Check it out here, but at the same time, don't forget to like, to comment, to share, and subscribe. Follow me on uh, Instagram at Theron underscore Reynolds or on Twitter at AXDEW, that's AXDU. You can also subscribe to our YouTube page, that's youtube.com slash C slash Theron Reynolds Scary Movie. Again, youtube.com slash C slash Theron Reynolds Scary Movie so you can get all the video. Find us on Podbean or on Spotify for the audio-only versions of the show. And then, of course, you know, we always get our watch parties Wednesday night following the new episode. Um, while these are all new episodes, this coming Wednesday here, though, which will be the 19th, we're going to be talking the new Slumber Party Massacre. So don't be afraid to tune in for that. And I still got more of these with Mr. Eric Brady coming for you. The Enjoy. most brutal the Ghostface has been since murdering Casey Becker in the first scene of the first movie. Breaking an ankle, stabbing through hands. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. So are we going spoilers now? Or are we holding Oh, on? absolutely. Yeah, we're in on that there. So this yeah. is when I was watching this opening scene, though. This is when I had that Roman moment that you were talking about of how Roman called, but it was actually Roman or whatever. Yeah. Where she's talking. We haven't met any of these characters yet. Yep. And she's texting her friend while talking to the killer. And then her and friend he starts texting back. texting back like, this isn't Autumn, whatever her name is. Oh my you God, know, you're right. the phone. You're and like right. A, and there's a video of her brushing her hair. And I immediately was like, this is the most throwing somebody off the sense thing immediately. Wow. It's gotta be this girl. Why did I not? You are absolutely right. Cause they a hundred percent. It's like, literally it's like, all right, let me text all these nice things as her friend. Okay. Now we're doing this. All right. Let me change this over. Start texting yeah. her as the kid. Like, I, oh, like, yeah. I yeah. get why it works as a story thing. Cause like, but the we one that expect we just had is every time there's a specific thing that like sort of exonerates somebody, it's always exonerating like the same two people over and over. And you're like, mm -hmm. why are you only ever exonerating these two people clearly? What about everybody else? It's like yep. there's a reason you want to make sure that I as an audience member am thinking it cannot be this person or that person because of these reasons. And it's like, well, it's clearly those people then. Yep. Ah. So then after that, after uh after uh Tara gets attacked. Then the even more interesting thing there is that this is the first Scream movie to not begin with a kill. And I think we all expected it. Like, you know, we hear the police coming and stuff. We still think, okay, that's yeah. it. She's done you for. You see, like, he's stabbing her a bunch of times. And, yeah. like, as he's stabbing her, you're seeing the, because she's called the police on her security app or whatever. Yep. You're seeing the blue and red lights coming through the window on Like, it map. should be over. No. She's alive. And... That is groundbreaking in itself too, because that's almost scarier to think because now that means the killer's got to go back for it at, at some point there. And we're already in a new, like, it's just, it's new. It's new and old again. It's, it's so fantastic. 
easily my best of my favorite opening. And I'm saying that after one watch, it's going to be cemented after a second. But I think that has jumped the Casey Becker death death scene as like my favorite opening of the series. Oh, man. Even the the transition after that is so Scream 1, where Scream 1 is Casey Becker dies, cut to school where they're all talking about like, did you hear what happened to Casey? And it's so horrible. We immediately cut to school where it's the group of friends sitting on the benches talking about like, there's going to be a second and third victim. There's yep. not even a first victim yet. She's still alive. Well, we don't know for how much longer. What are you saying? Don't say that. You're like, yeah, you've established the friends group immediately. I like mm-hmm. it. And we start getting suspects right away because it's funny. This movie more than more than any of the other ones, and it's very intentional as well too because again, this script was written for fans of the series. Like that's the easiest way to say it is that if you're a fan of the series, you're picking up a lot of these things as they're going. But they very clearly tell us in that conversation who the killer is. They tell us right away who one of the killers is in that conversation. And it goes over everybody's head at that point. But we also get some some great, like, obviously, uh, uh, obvious pickups for the fact Wes Hicks, which connects us to Deputy Hicks from Scream 4. But also it's our homage to Wes Craven. We get the Meeks Martin twins uh, who are so, so damn good. My Lord. Those I love the, two, their characters. Her, the girl especially, is great. Uh, Jasmine Savoy Brown, who was Mindy, and then um, Mason Gooding, who played Chad. Uh, both relatively new. Jasmine, uh, Jasmine Savoy is blowing up right now. I know she's on Yellow Jackets, and she's done like a bunch of other stuff there. But uh, first of all, those are some good-looking kids. Like those are some good-looking <laughs> kids. I was like, this from Randy's family. This from Randy's family. <laughs> Come on now. And the friends being attractive, that scream. We had Rose McGowan before. Yeah. But the fact, all of it's like, come on, man. Like, so. It was, I was talking about like convenience though. A lot of, so like Scream 4 had Sid's niece or yeah. her cousin. Yep. And I was like, that's fair that a cousin wouldn't have been mentioned to this point. Cause it's like, that's who cares, whatever. Yeah. A lot of nieces and nephews in this movie. And it's like, that means all those original characters had like siblings that, that were, like, we never, never saw mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. That means and, like Randy had, and we don't ever like meet all these parents ever. Well, nope. only like one once in a while, mm-hmm. but like, like we never meet the main protagonist's mother, even though yep. she's like kind of important, but like this and, means Randy having a niece and nephew meant he had a sister all along. Yeah. Well, oh, no, no, but like, we knew that we knew that from screen three. Cause Martha was in screen three. Oh, was she? Yep, Martha, because she she's the one that showed up to give them Randy's video in Scream Three. Okay. So uh, Heather okay. Montezaro, yeah, Heather Montezaro, who was in this as well, she was in Scream Three. But here's something interesting I'm going to throw at you: the twins' last name is Meeks Martin, and there is only one other person. It's not the dad, but I, I thought it was funny thinking about it last night. Do you know the only other person in the Scream series off the top of my head whose last name is Martin? Uh, Ricky. <laughs> God damn it! Playing the music in the background, that Latin red right hand version. In Scream Two, Gail's cameraman Joel is played by Dwayne Martin, who is black, and they oh, are mixed. They are. That's right. And I felt <laughs> like somehow that is also like an homage, or like because obviously Dwayne Martin is not in is not a character in Scream. But I thought that's kind of interesting, though, that their last names it's Hicks Martin. They're mixed, obviously. And Dwayne Martin was a was an actor in Scream too, so just want to bring him in because they kind of have that with uh they we never see Sydney's husband, but they Ooh. mention him and it's the name of uh, Patrick Dempsey's guy, yeah, Mark. Yep, Mark Kincaid, Mark. which 
this movie we're but we we'll don't know if it. it is that mark and kid they just mentioned mark but yeah, that is the only mark be. so far it's got the way they ask him it's gotta be gail both gail and dewey both were acting like they knew it's gotta be well, okay so you defended those niece and nephews uh Stu also Gosh. has a nephew in this movie and it's like we saw people getting chased all around that house you're telling me there was a girl who also lived there we never saw her room or had her she wasn't at the party yep. where'd that and, come from and that's egregious the only and like i don't care really but it just it only stands out because these movies do usually do such a good job with that sort of like being well thought out yeah that when you're starting to have all the next generation of the families it's like that didn't those seeds weren't there yep and it's interesting because that's a big tie to the movie itself is the the past characters and the connections to them all these familiar ones because then we get introduced to and i can't, i'm gonna get the names wrong the entire time tara was the girl at the beginning okay. sam, uh, sam is the is the older sister so sam gets contacted by wes hicks back in woodsboro that she needs to come to woodsboro her sister's been attacked by somebody in a ghost face mask and Sam, along with her boyfriend, Richie, played by Jack Quaid, decide they're going to Woodsboro to figure out what's going on. And we find out very quickly that Sam is the uh, the bastard child of Billy Loomis, complete nice. with ghost of Billy Loomis, played by Skeet Ulrich. Yes, Skeet Ulrich is back in this film as the Billy Loomis ghost, folks. When he shows up, man, that was my, my Spider-Man Woo! moment of like, let's go. Woo! Because she's taking some pills earlier in the movie. And you're like, what are you taking pills for? I don't know what these are. Yeah. And then you start seeing her that she's having these psychotic episodes. And you're like, yes, that's amazing. And I'm sure you had the same thought I did when he first showed up. Like, okay, this is just like what they do with some movies to where it's just a digital image. He's like, he's not in it. Like, he's there for a second. That's all it's going to be. Then he starts talking. And it's like, oh, shit. No, Ski Ulrich's in this fucking movie, bro. I didn't know I Although, even wanted that. It would have been funny if, because she didn't actually like know him. She just yeah. like, she learned this after the fact. She explains like she saw in her mom's diary. It would be interesting if she only knows Billy Loomis through the sad movies and it would just be Luke Perry because that's who plays him in the movie. Luke, like, oh, uh, Luke, uh, Luke Wilson. Luke, oh, Luke Wilson. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the whole eyes is watching like, past. that's Keith Ulrich. He looks so weird. Like every time. She sees like what uh not wedding crashers. Uh what the hell is Luke Perry in? Uh or Luke Wilson. Know. Uh name Owen Wilson old school. The whole time. Yeah, she's like, man, I can't go and watch old school anytime, Richie. I see my dad. <laughs> he's in he's in old school. That that would be watch Idiocracy because Luke Wilson, I just don't think it's funny. I just you're like, oh that's cool. It's my dad. Come on. Um so and that also like I guess because there's that fan theory about like it's gonna be Stu, which is stupid yeah. and I hate it and that's wrong. But then the fact that like immediately our protagonist is like the son of Billy and you're like, yeah. you're starting to get the Billy tie-in. And if we go back to the opening scene, the question that she gets wrong, that call leads to her getting it's attacked is to. who is the killer in Stab? Yep. She's like, it's Billy Loomis played by just Luke, Luke Wilson, Wilson. Yep. Yep, whatever. He's the boyfriend and that's who did it. And the guy on the phone's like, uh, no, it was Billy and Stu. Yep. And I was like, you're immediately like, nobody gives a shit about Stu. They just care about Billy. She's the son of Billy. It's like, I can see why people might have been like, is it fucking Stu's Stu? back? Or yeah. does Stu have a kid also or whatever? I mean, I think Stu does have a nephew that's very unimportant in the movie. But Which thankfully, they killed him quick. Because like the moment that happened, then it left my mind that it had to be like Stu. Because it's like, all right, Stu's crazy. I don't see Stu having any reason for killing his own family members at that point there. And 
I got scared again at the end just because it's like, okay, it's very clear who at least one of these killers is right there. But God damn it, they're back at Stu's house for no reason right now. His ass is going to come out of the damn closet in the wheelchair, <laughs> half mass, Phantom of the Opera and shit. I'm back, Sydney. And I was going to be pissed. And thank God that did not happen. It doesn't happen, folks. Stu's not in the movie. Not and there. And Stu's like nephew, who like, he's really in like two scenes of the movie or whatever. He's just there to be like the first real kill. And then to yep. be like, oh, that's why they're chasing whatever. The Which, way he died, though, where they're, they're in the alley, he's taking a piss. And the car headlights come on and the radio's playing and it's red yeah. right hand. And I was yep. like, this is fucking scream. Let's go. Yep. It was such a good editing touch. And he goes to the car. Nobody's there. He turns the music off and it's the one moment of silence. And then the second the knife comes in and stabs Damn. him, the music cuts back in for real. And you're like, and it's not oh. playing off the stereo. It's like, actually the music, you're like, yes, that is so cool. And again, it, it further showed the brutality of this film because Again, we've seen it. We've seen four other screen movies. They are not particularly like mean. Casey Decker's fests. Yeah, they're more of a gore fest. And outside of the the opening kill in one and two, I feel all and maybe Olivia's death. That was usually uh, it's just stab, 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 stab. Yeah, again. like I get it. Just and that's it. Usually not doing killer, the gutting and the whatever. My God, man! Like that quick stab. It wasn't even like. Ah. And there's and there's oh. some worse ones that we get to that are like because you're saying quick is bad. There's a slow one that comes up that you're like, oh, I get ooh. And a point made because we're we're gonna just go through it, folks. There a point made towards the end of the film because we're not gonna reveal the killers yet. But well, we we kind of did. But a point made towards the end of the film is that they say that uh, you gotta kill some legacy characters to to show their their stakes, which is true because that definitely was one of my complaints about Scream Four was that. It didn't feel like there were really any stakes, uh, high stakes involved because none of our legacy characters died. None of them died yeah. at all there. Like you want to do a recall now for a horror film. The legacy characters either die or are the killers. Those yep. are options. And we start very quickly by killing off Deputy uh, Deputy now uh, uh, Chief, Chief Lieutenant? Sheriff. She's sheriff. The, she's the sheriff now. Sheriff. Yeah. Uh, Hicks. Deputy Hicks, who is now Sheriff Hicks, gets killed. And doesn't just get killed again, folks. Does not just get stabbed the one time. She gets brutally killed. Brutally, brutally killed. Multiple stabs. The, the, the double killing that happens here is probably kill-wise my favorite of the movie. Because yeah. Hers, because we don't expect it. Yeah, she's on the phone with the killer and he's like, oh, well, we're going to have a conference about the two victims or whatever. He's like, she's like, there's only one victim. Uh, there'll be two once I'm done with your son. And she like yep. whips the car on is coming home and he's in the shower and the killer's talking about psycho. So like they, she knows the killer's there and yep. we're cutting to the sun and we're hearing like the door open. We're like, oh, Ugh. and she gets, she pulls out of the, she gets her, parks her car, runs to the door and you're like, right she's going to get in, find the dead son. And before she can even get the door, comes out of the bushes, broad daylight in the suburbs. Such a cool thing. Just start stabbing her and just going at her on the sidewalk. Like, God damn. And the fact, like, the what made it so scary, two things in that made it so scary to me as well, besides just the surprise butt busting on the stabbing, it was one, her cry for help. Because like you said, broad daylight in the suburbs. Somebody is home. Yeah, she should not have turned home. off her siren. She had it on when she was driving and she turns it off. She'll lift and that blare the whole time. She is screaming help. That got me. And then the pressing down of the knife. These killers clearly, yeah. and you again, do the stab and, and they catch your hand, and then you just go boom and slam it the rest of the way. And you're like, oh. because it's a trick in horror movies, y'all. You can go back and watch a million horror movies from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. There, it, the killers never do that. It's 
I'm going to overpower you. And that's it. You never see a killer that's like, oh, wait a minute. I just need I to put two hands, hands into this shit and Especially we're done. Especially like Scream, like one of the, the big things about Scream, and they do this in this movie too early on. I was like, ah, that's Scream, is the killers kind of suck because they're not Michael Myers, not Jason. Yep. Like you watch Scream movies, it's like I threw a flower pot at the killer and he fell down and got all, and you're like, what a fucking dummy. It's just a teenager <laughs> in a mask. Yep. And like the very first time we see the killer, it's like she opens the door, the killer stabs her, and you're like, oh, that was, came out of nowhere. And then she just punches the Pops killer in the him. face and slams the door and then locks it. And it's like, yep. little girl, just little tiny little 15-year-old girl just punched him in the face. I was like, yeah, that was enough. Yep. And it makes and sense you know, because... It makes sense because the other killer is also a 17-year-old girl. It's like, yep. Yeah, oh, man. So we get the Judy death. We go right to the West death, which is crazy, like you said. Like, it's a great one-two punch because I think none of us would have expected it. Like, we expect... Wes gets out of the shower, goes downstairs, open the door. Mom, what happened? Yeah. And then- And they, they do so much tension. You mentioned like the doors in the opening scene. They do th- at least three in this were like- Oh And they, they punch it up with the music to the point where it's almost funny, which is probably intentional. Because it's Because yes. we keep like, open the fridge it. and it blocks and the do- whole camera shot. And, what and the music me. does the, the duh, 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 and then he goes in and it's nothing. And he does it with the closet. Duh, 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 yeah. And it three times. Oh, and then- it- and then What's, it's never any of them. And then it's yeah. just him walking down the hall. It's just, boom, there you go. But what even got me, though, too, is that they even do the no music psych out after those, before the death, because they do the three fake outs. Then they do that one trick in horror movies to where it's like, okay, the fake out did, wasn't it. So we're about to give it to you right now. About to get real quiet now that you calm down. Here's the killer. They do that. And it's still not the fucking killer. So you're high. Like, the tension is high the entire time until finally goes to the door, locks it. Turn, oh, and, yeah, you're expecting and, him to open it and see his mom and like then some he screams and the killer grabs him but instead he just closes it without even looking turns uh, and then you mentioned the quick kill this is the slow one where you see the knife go into his neck and then and you out. see the back of his neck stretching as it comes out and it's just uh, this thin amount of skin and you can see the blade on the inside pushing against it and you're like oh that is awful. Uh, oh, oh. Man. it's it's like it's terrible because the entire, we talked about how, okay, somebody should have been there to help Judy out. Somebody should have been there to help Judy. But by then, you would think somebody would be there to help Wes out. And it's agonizing in the best of ways because nobody is coming. And we just killed a legacy character. And what I at least thought was going to be, in it, not maybe not the killer, but an important new character yeah. in the time span of five minutes. In Especially five minutes. His, his gimmick being the kid, the sheriff's son, is that he's the like Mr. Safety guy. That's he what they said. Right. And his literally say that. on him and all that. Like he's the one who's like, disable your GPS, disable your all this, don't go on social media, carry a weapon. Ugh. So like you expect, like, yeah, you, you expect him to kind of be like the Randy who's like, I'm here to give you guys all the good advice and I'm gonna die later. But for yeah. now, like I'm gonna guide you guys. And, and they said, do like, no, you're the first you're they out. set all that up too because he has the taser he has the pepper spray and he, he never gets to use puts, them like he puts them away when he comes home yeah like and, he, he, he comes home from a run and his mom's like aren't you being safe and he takes out the taser and the pepper spray and puts them in a basket he's like i'm home now uh, which is like you're not have you not seen a sad movie you're not safe at home but that and, he was willing to be like i'm gonna jog with a taser because yeah yep. it's crazy out there and we have to we have to go back a little bit because we skipped over dewey's introduction you know um uh, uh sam sam gets to town and her and richie decide to go look up dewey uh dewey riley because again he's still in town and he's obviously going to be the guy who's going to know the most to help them out dewey is bitter it's it's not 11 years ago in scream four things have clearly not been good he's not a police trailer officer. park dewey he's trailer park dewey and he had that 
he had the ashes for Tatum in like yeah. the kind of ash box you get like a dog back in. And I was like, that seems real weird. It wasn't like in an urn. It was like a little wooden box that just had Tatum. I'm like, that's, that's was odd. not good. Oh man. And one thing I walking into this movie, I really wanted, um, and it's no offense to Nev Campbell or, or uh, Courtney Cox. I feel that both Sydney and Gail have gotten such complete stories that Dewey always ends up on the outside of it. Like he's always there to be the jokester basically he's the comic like, relief he's the comic relief and like i think scream 2 was kind of the closest we got to like this is like this is a dewey who's scarred who's more serious and everything because then scream 3 he like he's back to normal dewey he's a technical yeah. advisor on stab don't interrupt me when i'm vacuuming my room mom yeah <laughs> oh that's different but it is interesting though because it goes into like this film i feel really did elevate scream 3 a lot and it like kind of calls back a lot of scream 3 stuff because in scream 3 he's working as the technical advisor on stab 3 and he's kind of thriving but the only reason why he's thriving is because the killer set this situation up to eventually get all of them and a big point of dewey's character in scream 5 is that his life has kind of fallen apart he left woodsboro to go to new york with gail he didn't fit in in New York. It. He couldn't hack it as he admits. He comes back to Woodsboro and unfortunately his life goes in a spiral. And it's it's so interesting because then you have to think about Scream 3 and you have to realize that that's probably a part of that trauma because he did leave Woodsboro and try to do something else that he thought like, okay, this is my life story. I can be yeah, good at Hollywood. I'm going to be yeah. a, and it a, turns with, out living with an actress. Yep. And it turns out, nope, sorry, like, uh, this was all just bullshit. You actually, like, you're not useful to us. Like, we brought you in. You were just a pawn. Yeah, Yeah. you were just a pawn. And it feeds into, he couldn't hack it anywhere else. And I love the fact we got the focus on Dewey because he needed it. He needed it. he was so, of like, of the legacy characters, and there's a reason they were going to focus on him, but like, he was the only one that you were like, I'm glad he's in this movie because he is bringing it. Yep. He was the only one that you're like, I'm invested in his character. He is funny, but also important. And is like, he is acting as best David Arquette can act. And he does that much, but like he's doing a really good job. I, I, I liked it. And I, I love the fact that after that, you know, all the characters end up, uh, end up at the, at the Meeks house there. We then get to see the Randy tribute, which I love. We're getting all these like random photos of all these other characters, like from the past. And their, their first Martha. meeting with Dewey was also great where they're trying to get him to come in. They're like, I'm Billy's daughter. Like, I shouldn't talk to you. Yeah. I also I saw this twice. I went back and I timed it the second time. It is exactly two minutes he gives them, which is, is good, it really? I figured they'd give that touch. I had to pull out my phone and start the stopwatch. It was two minutes and four seconds. That's fantastic. I feel like that means they probably were correctly right. Just that is fantastic. And Dewey even says, like you said, he points out he shouldn't mm-hmm. be involved. He tells Sydney to stay away. He texts Gail to stay away because there is character progression. Yeah. This is not a dumb horror movie, and everybody knows. Stay the fuck out of Woodsboro. That's all you have to do is stay out of Woodsboro. Well, Sydney does bring up, like, I tried that. That doesn't work. It does follow yeah. you. Got to deal with it. So but the fact that he's immediately like, just try not to get involved in this. Uh, and then he's like, I'm gonna, and then he does like the Randy role. Like, let me give you some rules. All right. Yep. Which I, always, I like the Always rules. tied to the past. Yep. Always look to the love interest. Mm-hmm. And the whatever. Like, I think it was something else. And we got a call right there. We already gave one reveal, folks. Dewey is the first person. To, he calls out the killer immediately the second he meets him he's like you're the boyfriend you're Probably the killer him. yep how long have you known him and that comes up at the end of the movie six and months the, and the fact that the killer when we when he is revealed to be the killer later on he's even like 
He even called that scene back, which is some great comedy. Dewey like, called it. Dewey nailed it in one. He took one look at me and said, that's the uh, killer. And you trusted me over him? You're and I idiot. think that is like, that also is great character, so much great character progression for Dewey because now he truly has been through this enough times where it's like, no, I'm not an idiot. I know what the fuck I'm talking about. It's you. You yeah. are the killer. And the only reason why I'm not doing this because she's like, she's got your back right now. You're the fucking killer, though. And we get our whole little expe- uh, like justification here of all the characters talking, trying to figure out who does it. And again, we call out the fact that uh, Sam's best friend, Amber, is also the killer because there's an accusation of her there at, in that same scene. And so just fantastic writing. We go to de- de- uh, the, the- That whole shirt. scene of them explaining what a requel is was also oh. just great of like, and then you don't even call it stab bait. You just call it stab because you want people to know that it's kind of starting over and yep. you bring back the legacy characters, but you don't focus on them. It's like this scene is what I love about Scream is that meta thing of like, we're going to explain to you all the rules, but we're still going to adhere to them because they're good rules. Yep. There's a reason we're not parodying them. We're not doing scary movie here. We're not telling you a rule and then subverting expectations by doing something else. No, we're this is what's happening. We respect you, but we're also going to do it still. Yep. We're, you're going to think that we're going to subvert it. And then we're going to subvert you by not subverting it and just doing the thing in the first place. And two, two things in that scene I do want to hit on there, because it's one thing that does kind of piss me off in movies, because it's like, how did you get that? When they have it paused, like the behind the scenes of Stab there, and they have that Billy photo of Billy. <laughs> How'd you get that photo? That is a photo for when like they opened the door at the party at yeah. the end of the first It's not movie. like his high school portrait of yeah. like on the table. I'll take any other photo of Billy Loomis, but don't give me that bullshit. That's an actual photo from when nobody had a camera at the end of the movie. Okay. That's one. So now, now that we have mentioned who these two killers are, I also want to go back. There's the first hospital scene where we oh. all are checking on the girl at the hospital and the sister shows up and brings the boyfriend with him. they're introducing each other like to everybody in the room and they all say hi and then like all the so all the first girl victims friends introduce themselves to the boyfriend and amber doesn't and then the boyfriend's like i'm whoever it's like oh i'm amber and it's like because you didn't think to introduce yourself because you already knew like didn't realize that the first time now that i've seen it twice i was like that was cool that they didn't think to introduce because they've been planning this for months not only that Oh, go ahead, go ahead, because you're going to say it. Go ahead. Tiny little question when they're talking in that room and they're like all leaving and Amber asks, do you have your extra inhaler? And they walk out. It was just such a nothing line. But then at the end, you're like, oh, that's why she needed to know if you had it, because that's actually part of their plan is your extra inhaler. And then, then on top of that, the fact that later when they're like, okay, so who attacked, who attacked uh, Tara? And God, I told you I'm messing up. Who attacked Sam? In the, uh, in the break room at the hospital there. Well, where were you? Watching Netflix. It's a yeah. flimsy excuse. Who accuses him? Who accuses him? It was Amber. It was and Amber. That was, but, and that's also my point about how they always exonerate the same people. And then he's like, well, where were you? And Amber's there with the sheriff. And the sheriff's like, she and all her friends were with me because they had just had the uh. murder at the bar. She was questioning them. It's like, you've now confirmed that like Amber and all of the other friends we're all in the jail, like in the police station at that time. So, so there's you know really- One of them is going to be a killer, of course. Yeah. But you know, that means the other killer is not in that group, which yep. is just the two sisters and the boyfriend. 
and the it's sister like, who is in the hospital bed and the sister yep. who was attacked and the boyfriend you're like well i know it's the boyfriend now it's gotta be because if you it's wouldn't not know the amber is the other one but you would know it's the boyfriend yeah because if it's not him that means it has to be a legacy character or somebody yeah. who's not or there the, yet i guess it could have been the sister with a broken ankle but i would not have bought that because of the broken ankle if it had yeah, just that's been, gonna be kind of once hard. If she was yep. like stabbed once and was recovering, then you could do the twist of like, it was actually me. Yep. But she is literally like, you saw her legs snap and all that. You're like, it is not. She ain't secretly running around as ghost face here. And the chase scene that we're about to get to here, I do want to hit my other point from that, uh, that, that scene with all the characters discussing who the killer is. My other point from that was uh, the, the, it wasn't a dunk, but it was also responding to the purpose of this movie, which is toxic fandom, was the mentioning of Re- uh, Ryan Johnson directing the latest stab movie because they say the guy that did knives out did the last one and what did the guy of of knives out recently direct that there was such fan criticism about and gatekeeping and uh claimed to be the worst film in the franchise because the new ways it, it was eric remind me what that was uh, that would be Wishbone, the dog from PBS who jumps into historical novels. My man, like Quantum Leap for Dogs, baby. There we go is now. It, is it Ghostbusters or something? It is The Last Jedi. Okay. The Last Jedi. Like, you talk toxic fandom these days. It's either the Ghostbusters before the new good one or yep. it's Star Wars. Yep. And specifically, The Last Jedi because Ryan, uh, Ryan Johnson came in and did that film and like it or hate it did a lot of stuff, especially with legacy characters that folks were not a big fan of and said wrecked the series. And that is a point, a big point of this film. So I just love the hitting of that there. Um, that scene oops. also had one of my favorite jokes in the movie where they're all like talking about who could be the killer. And Wes is like, well, it could be Dewey. And Dewey's like, why would I be the killer? Like I'm the sheriff and everything. He's like, uh, your wife left you you've been stabbed eight times you've hit the bottle you're depressed like you've got motive <laughs> dude he's just like well you could be, be the killer because that cuts deep it was so good like what a subtle but amazing joke to give david arkett <laughs> on that because that was my reasoning for thinking one of the original three especially sydney could have been the killer in this because it's like okay sure they're all good but after that much collective trauma with serial killers, when do you start to identify with the serial killers? So I do love that they if, do. If make- you had to have picked an original three, would you have picked Sydney? Yes, hundred percent. Okay, because I think I would have gone Gail, maybe with Dewey as her accomplice, with the the rationale of needing book material. See, and I thought about that, but then I also thought that you know Gail's ruthless. She's absolutely ruthless, but she's only ruthless to the point of where she doesn't want to get anybody killed for it. Like she'll be selfish and it like seemingly screw anybody over to where it will not like cause them physical harm. But if it's something that like would actually put somebody in danger, I feel we've seen Gail's progression to show she would never do something like that. So I do love that theory. I do love that theory that they're getting it for the book because Dewey even accuses Gail of that when they reunite. And we then get some very, very good character work between Dewey and Gail that I thought was gonna come off kind of similar to their, um, like maybe more of the Scream 3 conversation when she shows up on the movie set, set. like way more comedic, but it, it doesn't. It's actually a really heartfelt conversation between the two of them and I, I really did enjoy that conversation a lot, honestly. Like and it's a twist I didn't expect of like, oh, their relationship ended because of Dewey. Because of Dewey. Like, you always assume like, you know, Dewey's the one. And it kind of, I guess it does play into the one like thing of like, Dewey kind of always feels inadequate around her. Yeah. Because she's Gail Weathers and he's Dewey. Like in the first movie alone, like that's Gail Weathers. I have a crush yeah. on her and all this. So like 
the fact that he was the one that was like, I left in the middle of the night and didn't even say goodbye. And it's like, that does feed into his, like, I don't feel like I belong here. Mm -hmm. But it was also like, I just had assumed with him watching her show in the morning and being sad that like, she finally was like, I'm, I'm big time. I don't yep. need this doing anymore. But instead we, she's like, let's, let's lay the cards out. You're the one who ended it. And he's like, yeah, I know. I don't want to remember that. It's like, yeah. And it cut, man, it actually cut me like emotionally when she said, it would have been, it would have changed things. She says, why didn't you tell me that? It absolutely, would it, that cut me, man. Cause I was like- And, and he kind of justifies like that. Cause she's probably implying that like, if you told me that was why you left, like I would have left too. Like yep. I, I, we could have made this work. And, and like, he's like, he has no. something about like, I belong in Woodsboro, you don't. Was yep. his like- And he's right. And then you realize like, oh, he didn't say anything cause he didn't want you to work it out. Cause he would have known that his whole inadequacy thing like, you don't belong there. Like you are bigger than this. And don't, I don't want to drag you down with me when I fall back down. And it really does hit on Scream 4 at that point there, just because in Scream 4, you know, that that's kind of the thing with Gail is that her life and career has grown stagnant. Like she's married to Dewey and like they're they're kind of happy as a couple, but career-wise, Gail is nothing at that point there. And to see that she got her success back and Unfortunately, while she's thriving, Dewey started not thriving again. Like it just, it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. And unfortunately, and I say unfortunately, it's also fortunately because it's just fantastic writing. We never get a chance to write that because then we get the awesome hospital attack scene to where um, Tara is, is left on her own. One of the deputies is dead at this point, broken ankle stabbed hand that is bleeding while she's trying to get out on the wheelchair yeah. killer the killer shows up i'm gonna say that right now the killer being richie shows up to check in on her because they find out the killer like the killer's gonna go to the hospital and then the other killer shows up which is just so fucking oh my god like it, it's amazing to think there then the entire plan the entire plan for that scene was to kill dewey it was not to kill Tara. It was to kill Dewey because Richie was there. Richie was already there in the hospital and could have murdered Sam at any point. The floor was empty. There was the one guard. It's clear either him, like he had to have killed the guard because Sam was still back killing the Hicks and everything like that. But the entire purpose was to get Dewey there to then kill Dewey because they could have killed Sam at any time. No, it's to get Dewey. And I love the fact that again, Progression of this series shows how smart especially Dewey is. All right, that's going to wrap up part two of my discussion with Mr. Eric Brady about Scream 5. We got part three coming here soon, so be on the lookout for that. Folks, again, my name is T. We've been talking scary movies. Stay scared.